Hello and welcome to the GDI Podcast, the online dating show presented by the industry's leading trade publication. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you're listening to us across the globe. Each podcast, I'll be chatting to a variety of fantastic guests about how their products, platforms and networks change the lives of singles all over the world. However, I also need to tell you about Real Me, the brilliant sponsors of the GDI podcast. Real Me is doing something super important for the online dating world by making it safer. And that means more people will feel comfortable using dating apps to connect and find love. I'll explain a bit more about Real Me later on in this episode, but for now, you can visit therealme.com forward slash dating to find out more. So I am delighted to say that on this episode of the GDI podcast, we are joined by Abel Joseph, the CEO and founder of Isle. Abel, thank you very much for joining us. It's great to have you with us here on the GDI podcast. So I think the best place to start would be for you to give us an overview of what's new at Isle. Well, firstly, thank you for having us, Luke. Uh, I think, uh, you know, I was with uh, GDI last year and and uh, we had a great time and had a great chat and, and this seems like a, a good time to reconnect, uh, mostly because uh, we we recently got acquired by a larger company. In fact, that's one of the, uh, the largest of, uh, you know, tech public companies in India by the name of InfoEdge. Uh, they also operate uh, a matrimony site by the name of Jeevan Sati, uh, which is quite popular in India. Uh, so that's, I think, what's been keeping us busy or that that kept us busy over the last uh, six months or so. And now that, uh, you know, we have uh, more resources, we're trying to put that to good use. So there's a lot of hiring going on at Isle. We're trying to find new talent that can kind of take us from, you know, A to point B. And, and, and we have certain goals that we want to achieve. Uh, so finding talent is taking a lot of time. And, and, and I think that's step one. In the meanwhile, we're also starting to use a lot of tools, uh, which we previously did not, um, for everything from project management to hiring, you know, uh, maintaining our HR documents, et cetera. And so uh, setting up the tools to kind of increase the productivity within the team is another one of the priorities. Uh, and you may have seen some of our new ads as well. Uh, you know, those are, again, ads that we scripted in-house. Um, you know, we, we basically plan pretty much a lot of that in-house. And I think, uh, you know, those ads have come, come out quite well. And this is probably the very first time that we're having uh, advertisements with the kind of budgets that we did spend uh, for, on these ads. And, and I think the last thing that we probably, uh, you know, working on uh, is a new new app altogether. Uh, and I think the last time I was, uh, you know, talking to your audience, uh, I mentioned that um, we are working on vernacular dating apps. In fact, we had just launched one at the time and now we have three and I think we're going to be launching a fourth one uh, in the in the next couple of months. And so you can probably tell that that strategy has been, uh, you know, paying off quite well. I mean, that sounds absolutely fantastic. Loads going on at Isle at the moment. So let's talk about these advertising campaigns, actually. We recently saw that you launched the new advertising campaign, Real Dating Apps. So talk to me about that. How did that come about? Well, I think the concept of that script has been around for a few years now. Uh, I think one of the challenges in India is that, you know, we, we've, we've, we've not really had the dating culture for many, many generations, right? If, if you look at Western countries, 
you know, your your parents may have dated and found each other, and and that probably was even the case for your your grandparents and whatnot. But I think when it comes to India, uh, this is literally the first gen- generation who's kind of taken, uh, you know, finding the love uh, of their lives to kind of do that independently and 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 be happy about it and whatnot. And 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 I think what has essentially happened is. Uh, the market leaders in India today, which is you know Tinder and Bumble, uh, they had a head start uh, when they launched in India Tinder back in 2014, and I think uh, you know Bumble sort of started to market in India. I think towards 2016, uh, the 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 players in India or, or companies like ourselves, we did not really have the resources to be able to compete with them, uh, and so. The, the, the market leaders, which is again, like I said, Tinder and Bumble, they were able to establish that what happens on their apps are pretty much the definition of dating, right? So if, if, you, if you speak with a college-going um, you know, uh, kid, for them, swipe right and swipe left is literally the, the step one or, or uh, you know, the, the understanding of online dating. Uh, and I think we wanted to kind of bring in that distinction that... Casual dating apps are not the only dating apps that that are about dating, but there is an, a different side to it, uh, a more mature and a and a and a higher intent that 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 we can actually uh, you know uh, have on certain dating apps, and that's I think one of the reasons why we thought about putting together uh, some of those ads, and what we thought was we can potentially highlight. The, the problems or the consequences of the popularity of casual dating apps. And some of those issues that we spotted ourselves was, and I think that these issues are uh, quite universal. Uh, one of them being ghost, ghosting. Uh, I think, uh, you know, when users are spoiled for choice, that's bound to happen. Uh, and another one of the issues that, uh, especially what women face in India is that they would get a lot of unsolicited explicit messages uh, like BTF, without even getting to know the other person on the other side. Uh, and I think that's, again, a consequence of, uh, you know, having dating apps with very little scarcity when it comes to, you know, free likes and swipes. Uh, and and so, you know, you, the user is not really, or the matches are not really taken as seriously as they should. And then, uh, you know, some of the other issues would be that uh, divorced folks folks on uh, some of these casual dating apps, they, they're kind of taken for granted. And, and then, of course, the, the most obvious of issues, which is uh, when, you, when you are on a dating app and you swipe for a very long time uh, and, and you hardly get too many matches that are meaningful, you, you don't even look for what the name of the, the user is that you're swiping on. And, and I think uh, that's one of the, the, the inspirations behind uh, the ad that we, uh, we, we call uh, Swipe Detox. Uh, we, we basically uh, are encouraging everybody to just kind of, you know, uh, take a chill pill and, and move away from that habit and, and start using dating apps like I uh, and, 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 and just change that habit so that probably that might kind of, you know, lead into a... a a more desirable result, which is to find somebody for romantic reasons than sexual reasons. So yeah, that's kind of how we we look at that ad campaign. And so far, I think it's been uh, doing its job. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more. It's a really interesting campaign and something that we very much 
enjoyed seeing here at GDI. There's a couple of bits in there, though, that, I, that I'd like to touch on, I think. The swipe detox is something specific that I'd like to talk about. The idea of creating something a little bit more serious in a relationship rather than just those casual flings. So do you think that the COVID-19 pandemic has highlighted the need for platforms to offer a way of creating serious relationships rather than just something casual? Because, you know, loneliness is something that has been a real key discussion point since the uh, since the COVID-19 pandemic. And it's clearly highlighted that it isn't so sustainable to be in a casual relationship as you don't always really know when you're going to be able to reconnect. So have, uh, singles really are now looking for something a little bit more serious we're finding. Is that is that something that you've seen with your users? Yeah, I think so. I think, you know, we, we're probably about two years uh, since the start of the pandemic. And so, you know, folks who are probably 24 and 25 then, uh, they're probably looking for something more serious. But I think uh, those who used to be maybe like 18 and 19 and just got into their early 20s now in uh, 2022, I think the attitude towards dating is still quite casual. And I think, you know, that, that that's quite okay. Um, and and I think the reason why that's happening is because loneliness is kind of being misunderstood for boredom. Uh, and, and I think we're sort of looking for those short-term solutions to kind of, you know, combat boredom. Uh, and then again, I think, you know, the, the easiest thing to do is jump on an app, uh, not just dating apps, but maybe even Instagram or something and slide into the DMs and then you know, send a very casual message and, and just see if it sticks and, and start uh, start initiating that conversations, which may or may not uh, lead to uh, an offline engagement. But I think the goal is to, uh, you know, as you said, uh, loneliness, but I think the ultimate or, or the, uh, the unintended intention uh, behind uh, a match uh, for some of these folks is to just uh, deal with boredom. Uh, so yeah, I'm not completely certain if everybody has has kind of taken to you know high intent dating or f- finding meaningful matches uh, online uh, for you know to to start a romantic relationship. But I think uh, a, a lot of folks have, especially in India, who uh, you know they've they've sort of uh, looked at online dating as a as as a means to an end. Uh, but uh, I, I'm not sure if that's the case for, uh, you know, Gen Z or the youngsters. Uh, I, I, we, we just have to wait and see if if there are more long-term sort of, uh, you know, effects of COVID-19 and, and you know, just clo- closing ourselves out of, uh, you know, world and reality. And, 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 and yeah, we, we just have to wait and see what happens here on. Yeah, that's a really great point, actually, Abel. The misconception of mistaking loneliness for boredom. It's not something that we've really considered so much here on the GDI podcast. Actually asking asking your users, are you actually lonely or are you just bored? So I think something that could actually be of real interest here to our users is uh, is the cultural differences in dating. So talk to me about the cultural differences between singles in India and in the UK. So what do you have to be aware of as, as a dating app when you're looking to launch in the Asian markets such as India? And um, what's the difference between, between the Western markets such as the UK and the US? Okay, uh, so I think uh, traditionally uh, we've always been a society where 
arranged marriages are simply the way to kind of you know meet someone and and sort of like settle down and so when you really think about uh the 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 pattern of arranged marriages uh men are being shown uh, a lot of uh, profiles which they then select and then there there's almost very little control among women to kind of choose right uh, men would basically kind of, it, it's a very patriarchal way of uh, you know doing things uh and i think that's probably the biggest differentiator between you know india and 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 the west and mostly uh, you know the, the the developed countries uh but that that sort of like uh, goes deeper right so when when you have uh, men being presented women rather than how how it usually happens in nature which is usually you know when not just uh, the the human species but but pretty much the the animal kingdom is usually the male who kind of impresses the female and then then you kind of you know come together and 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 become a couple and what not uh but in an india in india we've been doing it the other way around uh and and i think one of the the reason one of the one of the problems is that there's only a very small percentage of indian women uh who are independent who are earning uh who have a say in their personal lives and what not like it's literally only in metropolitan cities that you would find such women uh, when it comes to like tier 2 and tier 3 we're just starting to see women kind of uh you know have a career and and have their own bank accounts and what not and so as long as women are not earning in a society uh they would be dependent on their families and the families would kind of uh you know have 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 some, some some sort of an expectation as to who they should sort of like spend their lives with and and we, i think what essentially what would be trying to do is we try to upkeep tradition uh at the cost of individual choices uh and it's it's changing but it it's changing slow uh and i, I think one of the other uh, issues in india is that uh you know dating etiquette is not really understood as well as we we should especially among men and i think it it kind of ties in with the 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 problem that i earlier mentioned right men are presented the profiles or or these you know uh, shown photos of women and they get to choose and it's not the other way around uh, because of that maybe i think the way that we behave um, as a society towards women is probably not as as good as we you know as well behaved as we should be um so yeah that's another one of the the problems and and yeah we probably are not the most attractive people either and of course when when we sort of like uh, walk up to somebody at a bar or or at any social event um in general i think indians are not the most conversational uh, you know we 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 more of the i think i think we kind of like we we those who kind of just sit down and get get things done rather than talk about it and discuss and debate and argue and you know have have a good time while doing that so i i don't think we're very conversational uh uh when you, when you look at like universal sort of standards so i think yeah these are some of the the differences between the west and the east uh, but having said that i think even in within india the cultures are quite different uh, when when you look at let's say north north of india and south i think well i'm not super familiar with how um, dating is in the uk but i'm assuming that dating in london is 
probably different from you know dating in in let's say liverpool or birmingham uh and and so let, let's take the north and the south of india for a minute uh the, i think in the north like you have a lot more uh, you know shopping malls and and places that you can actually like go out and hang out as a couple but when you look at uh, the southern states of india it's not as developed as the the rest of the country and you don't really see a lot of uh, or you don't have uh venues that you can hang out uh with your date and so that that's that's always sort of uh, you know uh, been a problem for for adopting uh dating as a as a you know cultural or normalizing dating um in the south uh and also it's it's it, the the kind of movies that that we see in in uh you you must be familiar with bollywood but uh, there are also other movie industries within other states and and the kind of movies that you find are quite different right uh, the 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 attire might be uh, quite different and very conservative and what not the the scripts may be more focused on families and and things like that but i think you know bollywood has progressed quite a, a lot more and and so the north of india is probably more in touch with the western world than i think uh, the south and so uh you know we we've, we've sort of tried to take advantage of it because uh, at least from our study uh the market leaders are not very popular in in the southern region but at the same time uh the gdp uh in the in the south is much higher than what it is in the north so there is spending power there and we kind of identified that and we we trying to build for those cultures and and you know really customize those products for them uh so that you know they would initially try the product and if, if and if if things are personalized enough i think they'd go on to you know spend on it and if there are um, you know love stories and what not that that come out at the end of the day i think word of mouth might be much faster for a vernacular dating app than an app that is targeting the whole of the country i think i deviated quite a bit from the the question but uh yeah there there are definitely differences between the west and the east but uh, not just that there there are differences um you know just within india i mean which is like super diverse and we behave differently in pretty much every state that uh, we go to are you prepared to protect your dating amuse this coming cuffing season More than ever, dating app users are demanding better safety and security tools. Realme provides dating apps with immediate access to more than 275 verified reputation profiles, which include background information such as court records and sex offender status. Go to therealme.com/dating to learn how they can integrate into your app now. That's therealme.com/dating. No, absolutely. Thank you very much for that able. I don't think that people actually consider too often that there could be internal cultures within a a different country or a different market. So it's absolutely something to be aware of. Here on the GDI podcast, we really like to have real discussions about real issues in online dating. So, in your opinion, what do you see as being the biggest challenge right now in the dating industry? Uh So I think we've kind of shot ourselves in the foot 
uh, and that's mostly because uh, over the last 10 years, um, you know, companies who, who, who kind of are the OGs of online dating, uh, you know, I think they focus mostly on uh, popularizing casual dating and, and just making it very, very easy for, for users to use their apps rather than the, the, the end goal, the objective of users to find uh, love. I think we, we kind of deviated from that over the past 10 years. Right, so there, there was heavy promotions of casual dating apps built by companies who, who pretty much understand, uh, you know, dating uh, better than just about anybody on the planet. Uh, but the focus on spending those marketing budgets and optimizing these products to make it uh, a very habitual uh, thing and, and making it a part of the culture and whatnot. I think what that has led to is that, in general people have just become casual about the whole process of finding love, right? So I think romance is still sort of like taken a hit. Uh, and, and I think, you know, we've, we've redefined what dating is. Uh, I, you know, now I think I just Google for the definition of dating a few days ago and, and it kind of said that, uh, you know, well, I'm paraphrasing, but it's, 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 I think it, it said uh, it's people meeting for, uh, you know, romantic or sexual reasons. And I think uh, a decade ago, that may not have been the case, right? It, it was probably only for like uh, romantic reasons, especially in India. I think, you know, it was definitely uh, perceived as uh, something that, that you, um, that you kind of uh, get into for romantic reasons. But, uh, but yeah, I think that's kind of what has happened. That's probably one of the, the challenges that apps started to optimize themselves for, for attention and engagement uh, rather than the final outcome. And it could be because it was, it, it, it may have been uh, because, you know, we had, or at least the, the startups back then had to attract capital and the VC industry look, look for metrics where they want to, they, they, they want to see retention and, and, you know, high engagement and whatnot. Uh, so th th those could be the reasons why uh, we we built apps such as that. But I think, uh, you know, that that's kind of uh, the byproduct of being innovative. Uh, and yeah, I think so. Th th I'm not quite sure where it goes from here, but what has essentially happened is that now we have uh, way more innovation coming in to differentiate ourselves from the casual dating apps that have dominated for a prolonged period. So now we have apps like, uh, I think it's, uh, well, Smore is what I think it's pronounced as. Uh, you know, you have uh, uh, Hinge and whatnot. And, and, and then of course, we're trying to do this with Isle and our vernacular apps. We're trying to kind of innovate in a way that we, we distinguish ourselves from the casual dating apps as much as possible and and users sense that the moment they sign up and that basically becomes uh, retention for us I, you know i think uh, one of the good things about online dating is that users try multiple products and if we are able to convince uh, a user that the experience on aisle is drastically different from uh, that of another dating app uh, you know we, we just expect uh, at least one out of four if not more users stay back and explore more so, so yeah, I think that's that's probably the the biggest challenge that I see. We we basically just, uh, you know, kept kept the kept one side of the equation going and not really focused on 
uh, folks who wanted to kind of get into a, a meaningful relationship and settle down first. Yeah, definitely. I mean, talk, so talk to me about the uh, the next step for Isle moving forward. What's what's coming up for you, and what can we expect to see? Uh, so I think, as I mentioned, uh, you know, as we started the call, uh, we we are in the process of building the team, uh, and I think finding the right talent would just make it so much more easier for us to kind of get through the the next seven to eight years. Um, and 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 I think that that's probably what the uh, the goal is for for the next uh, three to six months. But other than that, strategically, what we have done is we've kind of mapped out certain territories in India that we just want to kind of, you know, take over. And so, you know, I think the the analogy that I would draw is uh, the battle that, uh, that that was sort of fought between Uber Eats and, and I think DoorDash in the U.S. Uh, and I think DoorDash sort of, uh, you know, focused on the suburbs and, and in the end, they, you know, whatever they focused on, they were able to kind of become the market leader there. And that happened to be uh, probably a larger market than uh, the whole of the U.S. So that, that's that's kind of how we're looking at the market. We we think uh, you know it'll be quite difficult for us to win the whole of India uh, with the kind of resources that we have versus the kind of resources like uh, let's say Match Group. And so we we want to play to our strengths. Uh, we we want to kind of. Uh, you know, personalized experiences on our apps and really focus on territories uh, that that are being neglected at this point in time. Uh, and that that's, I think, where we would be spending a lot of time to identify what features we can build uh, and, and, and just make sure that there's there's a wall that we're building uh, that will be quite hard for a universal app to kind of match up to. Uh, and yeah, I think, uh, you know, hopefully we'll kind of become number two and then number one. And, you know, that'll, that'll take some doing for us to beat Bumble and then Tinder. But uh, this is what what's on our mind. And, and yeah, it, it, it's going to be a step-by-step process. And uh, I think what's different now than when we spoke last was is that uh, we now have a lot more resources because of uh, the acquisition and InfoEd sort of, you know, pushing us from the back and that, you know, decades of knowledge that they've had in the matrimony business, the data and whatnot. So, yeah, that's that's essentially what's up at Isle and that's, that's what we think we'll be uh, aiming for moving forward. Excellent. I mean, that sounds really, really exciting. And here at GDI, we are we are thrilled to see that take place. So I'm afraid to say that's all we've got time for here on this episode of the GDI podcast, but I'd like to extend a massive thank you to my guest this week, Abel Joseph, CEO and founder of Isle. Likewise, yeah, it's always a, always a pleasure to talk to GDI. Uh, you know, we follow the, the, the website and, and the social handles a lot. Uh, and, you know, thanks for publishing all of the, the, the recent happenings that we've had at Isle. And yeah, just look forward to keeping in touch with you, Luke. No, as always, Abel, the pleasure is ours. So make sure you join us next week where we'll be joined by another fantastic leader from the online dating industry where we're going to be hosting real discussions by real people about real issues. We'll see you then. But that's all for now from me, Luke Smith, and you've been listening to the GDI Podcast.